welcome to the first season of Ancient Anecdotes powered by Listen Cup. This is your host Ramanathan Ayer and this is Lalita Ramanathan. Oh dear, my stomach is rumbling. Is it time for lunch already? Yes dear, your stomach is ringing right on time. It is 12 pm and lunch is ready. Appa, it's Sunday today. What's special for lunch? For vegetables, we are going to have some delicious ridge gourd and carrots and flavored boiled lentils. This mixture is called kootu in South India and is tempered with coconut oil. There is some ground mint and coriander leaves chutney. And I think the cumin and pepper based rasam is piping hot. Your mother has really outdone herself today. What a scrumptious meal. Appa, I want something special. Can we have some crunchies with it? We can, but honestly, there are literally 5 dishes on the table. We need to work on this tendency. Without hearing crunchy sounds, I won't be able to eat. It's definitely something to overcome. What do you say? Appa, I promise I won't ask every day. Please? Hmm. Okay, let's innovate this. Come. Come with me to the kitchen. Ooh, are we going to fry some fritters? Um, close enough. Come. Appa, why are we taking raw onions? Are we making onion pakoda? Um, let's see. Appa, the slices are big. Will they fry properly? Appa, why are we not frying? Why are we taking cut onions straight to lunch? No crunchies? Appa. Wait, 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 wait. Now sit down. Yeah, take that hot rice. Now add that ghee. Now mix them both. Make sure you use a loose hand so as to not break the rice grains. And yet, let the ghee coat every grain of rice. Beautiful. Now then, add the rich goat and lentils gravy on top of it. That's right. Now mix them up really well. Appa crunchies. Now take a big morsel of this mixed rice. Mm-hmm. Wait, pause. Now pick up that piece of onion and take a big bite. Now close your eyes and chew them both. Appa, it's delicious. I can hear loud crunchy sounds in my mouth and the raw onion is really flavorful. See, healthy crunchies. Now after eating, ensure you bite some fennel seeds, okay? Or everyone at home will know you have had raw onions for lunch. Okay, pa. Appa, what are we doing exciting and new today? Thief fellow, always looking for something or the other to be new. Okay, let's see. Since we are talking about food, I find myself remembering Patty's delicious potato fries and a lovely story my granddad used to tell me that was closely associated with food and eating. And I think it's important we talk about food and eating in this day and age. Why, pa? You see, in India, we have always revered food and the process of eating. But nowadays we have a problem. When we have nothing better to do, we are reminded of our favorite food. and chances are that even if that particular food is not available we tend to go and find the nearest source of food and gobble up whatever we find as children this tendency tends to germinate and grow by the time we are teenagers we develop a tendency to eat without a schedule or without discrimination of what we eat even when we do sit to eat we can't be without eating something crunchy or seeing a movie or at the very least having a screen in front of us Our experience with movie theaters and popcorns have only made this tendency stronger. We always need to be distracted even when eating our most favorite foods. This episode is going to try and address this tendency in children to eat without awareness. 
Oh, I already tend to eat without awareness sometimes. Let me also pay close attention to the story. Okay. When I was told this story, I was still studying in school. I was in the 4th or 5th grade, just like you. So before I start the story, I have a confession to make. I think fondly about my favorite foods and also become hungry thinking about food in general. There, I have told it. Now here's the reason why I confessed. There are times when you're hungry and there are times when you're really hungry. You know what is strange? I observed that these times of dire hunger seemed to coincide with when my grandmother made a fantastic dish. The dish was made of potatoes, dolloped with a mild coating of chili powder and slow fried in a small puddle of unrefined sesame oil in a cast iron skillet. In my personal opinion, the hissing sound of these hot fried potato chunks quenching into a heap of chilled creamy curd rice formed the basis of the English word ambrosia. I never remember what transpired after the first morsel hit my tongue up until the time the empty plate hits the kitchen sink. I always asked for a second serving of these legendary potatoes. Grandma used to keep some aside from her share to give me. I also observed that just before I asked for some more was when Grandad used to start telling a particular story. The story never changed. In as friendly a nature as possible, Grandad always brought up the topic of how Vrikodhara defeated Bakasura in the Mahabharata and protected the city of Ekachakra. Appa, who is Vrikodhara? Another name for Bhima. The strong Pandava was given this name. The name means someone who has broad shoulders and a narrow waist. Oh, is it? Yes, the story starts in the Adi Parva of the Mahabharata. Kunti and the five warrior sons go to a place called Ekachakrapura or Ekachakra. This place is in current day Birbhum district in West Bengal. Please pay attention to the name of the city, okay? It has a clear significance in the story. Okay, pa. Also, let us do a new narrative format called as the Grandad POV format. Oh, what is this new format? I voice over as my grandfather. And I will grandly voice over as my father when he was young. Okay, here we go. This is how Grandad started the story. After marrying Draupadi, the Pandava princess lost to the Kauravas in a game of dices and were exiled for 13 years from the Kuru kingdom. The substantially widespread Kuru kingdom was governed from its capital city of Hastinapura near current day Meerut. During the exile period, the Pandavas were attacked multiple times by demons and other mercenaries who were hired by the Kauravas. So, the Pandavas decided to stay as low-key as possible. They decided to lay low and remained in disguise in the last year. They roamed the neighboring kingdoms of Panchala, Chedi, Matsya, Surasena, Pattachara, Dasarana, Navarashtra, Malla, Salva, Yugandhara, Saurashtra, Avanti and so on. Oh my gosh! What a lot of places! At the time of the story, the Pandavas arrived at Ekachakra. Vyasa, meanwhile, had advised Arjuna to use the time of the exile gainfully. He asked Arjuna to go and do severe penances to Lord Shiva for obtaining divine weapons. In the meantime, the rest of the Pandavas with Kunti and Draupadi pose as Brahmanas and they stay over at an old Brahmana's house in Ekachakra. In the middle of the night, the Pandavas hear the entire Brahmana family crying and wailing lustily. There was grief in the air and Kunti went to investigate. The Brahmana 
then told a story of a demon called Bakasura who lived in the Gangani forest in current day Paschim Medhinipura. It is described in the Adi Parva as being a thick forest and Baka had been terrorizing the nearby villages. In return for the villagers' protection, the Asura needed to be sated with food and provisions stacked on a cart every single day. It is said that the Asura would then eat up even the person delivering the food. The villagers were running out of food and people to offer up. And after two long years, the Brahmana's turn had come that day. The Brahmana's wife, his teenage daughter and very very young son were all seen crying. The Brahmana told sadly to the rest of the family, Let me go to the Asura and protect you all. You leave the village and travel far away. I will die happily at the hands of the Asura, knowing that I am survived by everyone else in the family. The wife of the Brahmana said, It is easy to live without money these days, but it is tough to live without a husband to protect the family. So let me go in your stead. At least I will have the conviction that you will provide for the family and keep them safe. The daughter also offered to go to the Asura as an offering. Oh father, I will anyhow be duty bound to leave you after marriage. Instead of being with another family, let me sacrifice myself to this Asura, knowing that I have made good use of my life to safeguard my own family. Even the young son understood that the Asura was causing all his family members a lot of sorrow. At such a tender age, the brave young boy did not speak about forsaking his life but instead wanted to vanquish the Asura. Taking a blade of grass that was lying nearby, he said bravely, Using this, I will destroy the man-eating Rakshasa. Shri Vaishampayana Uvacha Ma Pitarodha Ma Matara Ma Swasa Punaha Kunti consoled the crying family and addressed the Brahmana. Does the Asura really eat a cartload of food? And the delivery person as well? What about the ox? He gobbles the ox as well. Oh, that poor ox. This is despicable. No, no, no. This won't do. You or your wife or your daughter cannot fight this Asura. Your son is too young. But I have got five sons. I will send one of my sons in your place. You have given us shelter and care. We owe you this much. Actually, we owe you much more. Even if that not be the case, how long are you all going to put up with this Asura's cruelty? There was a thundering silence. The Brahmana finally found his voice and addressed Kunti Devi. Oh mother, you are a virtuous lady and I truly appreciate your good heart. But I will never be able to send anyone to their peril in my place to protect myself. It is against my principles. Moreover, you are all my guests. This makes it completely impossible to send your son there. Brahmana Uvacha Nahametat Karishyami Jivitartham Kathaschana Brahmana Syati Theschaiva Swarthe Pranayirviyojanam. But Kunti assures the Brahmana that she knows 
her son is strong enough to defeat and kill the asura kundi uvacha na chaso rakshasa shakto mama putra vinashane viryavan mantra siddhascha tejasvi cha suto mama rakshasaya cha tat sarvam prapayishyati bhojanam ोल युधिष्ठिर उवाच किद साहसंतीक्षण Kunti spoke of how she herself came to understand Bhima's diamond-like strength only because Bhima once fell from her lap when he was still a baby and powdered a great rock from his sheer fall. He had defeated the strong Asura Hidimba and had also carried all the Pandavas with Kunti and Draupadi and had run as fast as the wind during the wax palace incident. Kunti uvacha ृतवती takes brahmana and goes and asks the son of vayu tatah kunti cha viprascha sahitavanilatmajam tamabhrutam kurushveti pratijagne tatheti saha bhima immediately agrees to help the brahmana and the family are you with me are you listening yes yes tata obviously and even my mouth is open due to eagerness and curiosity what else would i be doing Now tell no. I'm just checking, pa. Your party's delicious fried potato chunks are not easy to overcome. Okay, at Kunti's behest, Bhima left for Bakasura's forest at daybreak. The Brahmana fed Bhima to the brim with a single thought that this might indeed be Bhima's last meal. Bhima, on the other hand, was a simple-minded person and had no such foreboding thoughts and consumed the food heartily. The journey to Bakas forest was a bumpy one. The more he thought of it all, Bhima felt that the old Brahmana seemed younger and more virile in comparison to the ox he had sent with Bhima. Bhima felt every creak of the long distance due to a really bumpy road with even leeches and mosquitoes overtaking him. But Bhima never once criticized or scorned the ox. Yes, Bhima was good-natured and everything, but he was also preoccupied. Right from his childhood, Bhima hadn't been able to speak his heart out. to anyone so had a lot of pent up feelings and stuff to speak about 
stuff he couldn't share with Kunti or his brothers. So he decided to confide in the ox. I like you, ox. You are a good listener, said Bhima. Tata, Tata, let me do the cow voice. <laughs> okay, okay. On the other hand, the ox was not a really chatty companion and mostly kept to himself. The ox had a clever disposition and was impressed by Bhima's patience towards the way the cart was merely inching along. So for his part, the ox managed to add a moo or two encouragingly at appropriate places as Bhima poured his heart out. And they dunked me in the river. Can you believe it? My own cousins left me for dead. Bhima was heard telling about the Kauravas. Moo, said the ox curiously thinking. I don't blame them. Even I feel like dunking you in a bucket full of water. Bhima couldn't understand. So he continued. King Vasuki and King Aryaka showed me magical waters that give unprecedented power to the drinker. <laughs> and what do you think I did? Asked Bhima. Moo, asked the ox without raising an eyebrow thinking. You drank the whole thing, I guess. I downed 10 cups of it. It gave me superhuman strength, said Bhima with a proud smile. Moo, quipped the ox thinking. Right, why am I not surprised? Bhima finally reached the appointed place where the cart was to be kept. He got down from the cart and noisily stretched himself. Bhima stood near the cartload of food. The aroma of the food instantly hit his nose. Now Bhima was always hungry. Everyone knows that. And all this being in hiding business meant they always had to eat half stomach all the time. Even under the most dire circumstances, Kunti ensured Bhima ate half of whatever they got. Bhima looked longingly at all the food. It was like a feast, a feast like nothing he had had in a long time. So he pounced on the creaky cart and started gobbling the food. The poor ox looked alarmed and dissented with a couple of disapproving moves. Oh shush, no one will know. Just be quiet. You will wake the poor sleeping birds, said Bhima amidst a mouthful of rice and crunchy things. The ox shook his head vigorously in disapproval. His bells jingled noisily. Me? Dinner? And I will wake the birds? Have you even heard yourself eating? And what do you mean no one will know? An empty cart of food is not exactly a hard puzzle to decode. And if waking is what we're talking about, is waking the birds all you're worried about? Have you heard stories about this Bakasura guy? Retorted the ox with another discerning and throated me. Baka, meanwhile, arrives a few minutes later, woken from his slumber. He was scratching here and there. But he was roused to full wakefulness and ire at the mountain of food he expected Gone, and a mountain of a man consuming it very quickly. Bakasura didn't observe the agitated ox nodding its head vigorously as if to say, I had nothing to do with it. I don't eat rice anyway. And if it helps, I told him you would become angry. Baka screamed at the Pandava demanding an explanation for consuming food intended for the Rakshasa. Bhima mildly looked at the Rakshasa and continued completing the last of the Modakas. In sheer anger of being ignored, Baka started pummeling the Pandava. Bhima neither changed his posture or stopped his munching. He calmly downed the last pitcher of warm curds as Bakasura flung a heavy tree at him. Slowly Bhima stood up and said only one sentence. Actually, it was the only sentence he had told during the entire battle. You should not eat or trouble human beings at all. A fierce battle ensued. 
more along the lines of what happens when I eat off my younger brother's share of chocolates. Bhima is said to have broken the back of Baka in the process and warned the rest of the Asuras who came to Baka's assistance that they stop consuming humans. Bhima uvacha nahimsya manusha bhuyo yushma viriha karhi chit himsatamcha vadashigram Bhima is endowed with superhuman strength. Everyone knows this. But during his exile, Bhima only used his strength to protect himself. So he got only half a stomach full to eat at all times. The moment Bhima's strength was used to protect the Brahmana's family and the villagers, Bhima automatically received a cart full of food to sate his hunger. Baka represents gluttony and selfishness. The way to overcome gluttony is through enthusiasm and service to others, even if it means doing it at one's own peril. This story is from the Adi Parva, which is one of the first Parvas of the Mahabharata. In the story, Baka represents laziness and gluttony to be overcome by Bhima, who is a symbol of enthusiasm. Remember, Bhima is introduced as the son of Vayu, the wind god. Even in the Ramayana, Hanuman is the son of Vayu and he is also associated with such enthusiasm. These symbols are telling us the importance of the focus on our breath to overcome gluttony. This is the core symbolism this story teaches. Okay, story time over. Now I am going for a walk to feel more energetic. Tata, wait, wait, wait. You said I have to take a note of the word Ekachakrapura from the beginning of the Bakasura episode. You haven't told me its significance yet. Oh, that's a good point. The body is composed of several energy centers, each associated with a specific type of energy. Seven important chakras are considered usual. For instance, the Agnya Chakra present in between the eyebrows is associated with awareness as a positive energy and anger as its counterpart. When we are angry, we feel the energy here only. We also feel awareness from this point. One is only felt at any given point in time. That is why we are never aware when we are angry. Awareness returns and then we realize that our anger was useless, isn't it? The first energy center is associated with the energy of enthusiasm and its counterpart, lethargy. Before starting any work, sometimes we feel that there is a sense of laziness, a sort of starting trouble, isn't it? One, therefore, needs to look to the power of breath. With focus on our breath, the energy of enthusiasm overcomes this laziness. Prayer and service to others are also ways by which we can overcome such laziness. Did you understand all of that? I did, but I didn't catch on to everything you said. Exactly. If you tell big, big words like chakra and awareness and counterpart to small children, they will only blink back at you in confusion. But this information is also crucial. How will you teach all this important spiritual information to small children? The clever rishis devised symbolisms. Everything in this story is a symbol. Really? How, Tata? See, this story happens in a place called Ekachakrapuri. And there is a problem there, which is an asura who is lazy and eats a lot. This symbolism refers to the Mooladhara Chakra or the first chakra and Eka Chakra are the same words basically where our energy manifests as laziness and gluttony. Bhima breaks the back of Baka by lifting him above his head. 
This symbolism is to indicate how strenuous body work and focused breath work can raise our awareness above the head and break laziness and restlessness. Kunti tells the Brahmana that she will own up his issue and send her own son in the old Brahmana's place to meet the Asura. This is an act of selfless service, putting your energy to solve others' problems. This is also a way to break laziness. See, even the differentiation between contentment and gluttony is clearly mentioned. Having a huge hunger is not bad. Bhima and Baka are both able to gobble up a cart full of food. But Baka is selfish. He eats the ox and the delivery person as well. That is the very definition of gluttony. Did you understand all of that now? Yes, Tata. This is much better. I love stories. You don't say that I shouldn't be eating too many potatoes. And you don't say I am overdoing it. But you told me this particular story as an analogy. As I was completing the sentence with the word analogy, a splutter of air came through my mouth. As a result, the last morsel of curd rice and the crunchiest potato, which I had saved for the last, somehow fell from my hand and instead of reaching my mouth, fell to the ground. Oh God, I had saved the best for the last, I wailed. Hey Bakasura, it is okay Pa, you ate this much, no? Tata, are there Asuras for all negative qualities? Yes, our pantheon is very very vast. We have a unique Asura for every occasion. You would be surprised. Have you heard of Bhasmasura? No, who is he? Hear it first on Ancient Anecdotes on your favorite podcast streaming providers. Tune in every week for a brand new episode.